Global bonds and stocks are selling off again as central banks push back on talk of early rate cuts. And strong US retail sales are a factor too. That's coming up in our five things in five minutes. And then in our bonus deep dive interview, ANZ's chief economist for Southeast Asia and India, Sanjay Mathu, finds out what's behind a surprisingly strong recovery in Asia's jobs markets after COVID and what that means for their wider economy. Because this would be more stable type of employment, we should see that consumption should hold up better in business cycles, or at least the share of consumption in GDP should rise. But first, in 5 and 5 with ANZ, global stocks and bonds have sold off again this morning after another central bank governor pushed back hard against market expectations of rate cuts as early as March. And after stronger-than-expected US retail sales and a surprise increase in British inflation. The US two-year Treasury yield, which of course is a proxy for what the Fed funds rate will do in the short term, jumped another 13 basis points to 4.36% this morning, after US retail sales rose 0.6% in December from November. Now that was well above expectations for a 0.4% rise. Now that jump in bond yields pushed the S&P 500 down 0.6% and the Nasdaq was down 1%. But the most immediate action was in Europe, where comments from European Central Bank President Christine Lagarde drove up European bond yields around 10 to 20 basis points. Lagarde said it was likely the first cut from the ECB would not come until the European summer in June. That's a good three months behind the market's expectations. Here's Christine Lagarde speaking at Davos about why the ECB is likely to need to stay high for a bit longer. I'm confident that short of another major shock, we have reached a peak, okay? Now, we have to stay restrictive for as long as necessary to make sure that we get to that state where we are all saying, okay, confident that it is at 2% medium term. I know some people argue that maybe we are overshooting, maybe we're taking risks. I think the risk could be worse if we went too fast and had to come back to more tightening, because we would have wasted all the efforts that everybody has put in the last 15 months. Number two. Meanwhile, there was also disappointment in China in the detail of yesterday's GDP numbers. It's all about deflation, as ANZ's chief economist for Greater China, Raymond Yung, reports. That's probably the very first time that we see that uh, the property price continued to drop uh, in consecutive months, uh, including now um, other inflation indicators like CPI or PP, the PPI last month uh, were also negative. So we are seeing a strong deflationary pressure uh, in China. If we look at the nominal GDP growth rate, it was you know 3.7% uh, in the fourth quarter. That is lower than the real rate that we see, 5.2%. So You seldom see nominal growth rate lower than real growth rate, you know, in other economies, unless you see deflation. It's pretty unique now, you know, in the world that when the whole world is still struggling with uh, inflation and China is struggling with, uh, with deflation. Number three, all of these higher US interest rates is pushing up the US dollar against a range of currencies, including those exposed to China's slowdown. The Aussie dollar is down at 65.35 US cents at 5am Sydney-Melbourne time, having fallen 
from nearly 67 cents late on Friday. The Kiwi dollar is sitting this morning just under 61 US cents, 60.99. It was at 62.3 on Friday. ANZ's head of FX research, Marjabin Zaman, points to both US dollar strength and some seasonal weakness on the Aussie and Kiwi sides. We need to take a step back and uh, look from a seasonal uh, perspective, December tends to be, you know, very positive for risk assets. So for the S&P 500, we saw that rally. We saw Kiwi dollar rally as well. We saw Aussie dollar rally as well. We also had iron ore prices uh, shoot up. Uh, at the end of last year, which was supportive for the Aussie. And then generally at the end of the year, demand for Kiwi tends to pick up because of high seasonal demand for beef and dairy exports. Now, come January, there has been uh, naturally a bit of an unwind of this. Number four, Australian labour force data due later today is expected to show a slowing of jobs growth from over 60,000 in November to around 20,000. ANZ Australia economist Blair Chapman says there would have to be a big surprise either way to budge the RBA from its current hold stance for the cash rate. So I think what we've seen recently is the inflation numbers have come in at a level that suggests that they're going to be below what the RBA was expecting for the December quarter. And that really means that the labour market has to surprise a lot to either side for them to move. Number five. And lastly, in the Philippines, interest rates may move lower faster than in Australia. ANZ economist Debali Kasaka says inflation has slowed faster than expected there, which has prompted a revision in ANZ's view to an earlier cut by the central bank in the Philippines. Inflation is uh, improving faster than what the BSP has been expecting before. It was earlier expecting that inflation will fall below the 4% mark uh, only in Q1 2024, but it has happened in December. So I think this, uh, with the progress in inflation, the BSP can start its red cut cycle earlier than we were anticipating before. So we now see the red cut to begin in Q1 2024, as opposed to our earlier expectation of Q1 2024. Dibali Kasaka there. Now, in our bonus deep dive interview, ANZ's chief economist for Southeast Asia, Sanjay Masu, has sifted through the jobs data for South Korea, Taiwan, Malaysia and Singapore and found surprisingly strong jobs markets. When you were in the COVID period, there were all sorts of dire predictions how unemployment is going to structurally rise in Asia and all that has now been put to rest. Why have we seen this um, different type of recovery in the labour market? I think the most important change that has occurred post-COVID is that the share of labour-intensive services in the economy has risen. By labour-intensive services, you would talk of stuff like healthcare, food and accommodation, recreation, and each of these industries require more labour, and that's what's changed. And it's interesting to see that uh, women and elderly workers seem to have been more involved in this labour market recovery. Could you tell us about why? I think that what happens typically is in a normal business cycle, there is a lot of demand for specialised skills, etc. But think about it, if you take a step back and look at women who've been out of the labour force for a while, older people who sort of retired, they don't have, or the skills are not exactly evolving to specific technological changes, etc. But when you talk of industries like food and accommodation, the skills required are much more homogenous. 
and that makes it much more easier to match the availability of label with the kind of demand you see. And that's exactly what's happened. I think the most stark example is Korea, where so many older age people have come back into the labor force. Same goes for women in Korea. And you end up with a much higher labor force participation rate. So this has been a surprising recovery in that there's been plenty of demand for labor. And the supply hasn't been growing as fast because of the demographic reasons in Asia of uh, uh, less room to run, I suppose, with uh, an increase in the labor force participation rate and also a slowing or a reversal in, in growth in the size of the working age population. So what, what's happened, therefore, with, uh, with wages and wage inflation? So... Interestingly, we haven't seen aggressive wage inflation. We could single out Singapore of the four economies we're talking of, but in the other economies, wage growth has been very measured, and it really relates to the fact that productivity in labor-intensive services is also much lower, and so you sort of do not take people at exceptionally high wages, but rather match them with the productivity of that particular sector. So as a consequence, we haven't seen runaway wage inflation in Asia. Sanjay Mathu there. I'm Bernard Hickey. That was 5 and 5 with ANZ for Thursday, January the 18th. Look out tomorrow for the latest on Australian jobs data due at 11.30 Sydney Melbourne time. This podcast contains general information only, not investment advice. You should obtain advice for your personal circumstances before making any investment decisions. Please view the podcast disclaimer available via your media player or email.